0: Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word? Come, let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Come, let's lift up our hands to the Lord to receive fresh manna from heaven. Come and tell the Lord, Father, your word is alive and I'm ready to receive everything that you have for me today. Open up your word for me, Lord, that I may see truth in it that will rearrange my heart and align my heart to the purposes of heaven. Cause me to live as a Christian that is leaven and salt and light in this world. So, Father, I open my heart to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. Give a warm handshake to five people around you. Not one, five people around you. And tell them, I'm blessed to be in church with you today. Hallelujah. You know, in Nagaland, almost every day I meet believers who are living their lives without focus And direction. And many of you are here today. I can understand that. Many of them don't know why they are studying what they are studying. Anyone like that? Yes. Many do not know what they want to do or achieve in life. And somehow, every Naga thinks that it is the God-given right and inheritance to be in the government. Somehow that's the only purpose in life. And if they don't get into the government, they become purposeless, directionless, focusless. So I see in Nagaland so many believers, their lives are characterized with frustration, confusion. And the lack of motivation for life—a serious lack of motivation—and unfortunately, the unbelievers have more motivation and purpose in life than the Christians in Nagaland. An unbeliever will open his shop at five a.m., while a Naga will open his shop at ten a.m. Talk about motivation! The answer is very simple. There is a failure to discover your purpose in life and to live it. If you are experiencing a lack of purpose in your life, these are the things you will feel. Number one, constantly bored. Anyone feel like that? So many young people always keep on saying, Pastor, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Well, it's not because there are so many events in society that always attract your time, your attention, and your energy. No. You can be in the middle of a concert and still be bored. You can be in the middle of a hornbill and still be bored. Okay? So if you are always constantly bored, dissatisfied, or empty, feeling like life has no meaning, or you may always feel unfulfilled in your relationship with others, uninterested at home and at work, and even questioning the point of your existence. If you're someone like that, it shows that you do not know your purpose in life. On the other hand, living a life with purpose can bring meaning and fulfillment to your existence. It can help you feel like you're making a difference in the world. And you are contributing to a sense of direction and motivation in your daily activities. When you have a clear sense of purpose, you can set and work towards meaningful goals. You can make your decisions aligned with your values. And you can feel a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction when you reach those goals. Having a purpose in life can also have positive impact on your mental and emotional well-being. One reason why many young people are depressed and frustrated is because they do not know their purpose in life. It increases happiness and life satisfaction and provides a sense of belonging and connectedness. Having a purpose in life will allow you to make a positive impact in the world and those around you. So today's message is called, Living a Life of Purpose. I want you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 and 10. And the first statement I want to make is this. Everybody has purpose. Turn to your neighbor, look at them in the eye. Say, Naga Manu. <laughs> yes. Everybody. Say, come on, look at one another and say, everybody. Of course, if you fought on the way here, you would not want to look at each other in the eye. Say, everybody has purpose. God's telling Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Verse 10. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. That was God's purpose for Jeremiah's life, even before he was born. What is purpose? Purpose is really your reason for existence. But it's deeper than that when you look into the Scriptures. Purpose is your ordination from God. Your ordination. I'm not talking about ordination to preach. The word ordination means assignment. Appointment it's what God has made you for, designed you for, and sent you to this earth, even before you are born. Did you know that God is the Father of all spirits? And you are a spirit being. Even though you are having a physical body, you have a soul. The real you is the spirit man on the inside, created in the image of God. And that means you did not come from your mother's womb. You came from your father in heaven. Your mother's womb was rented and borrowed to give you a human body and release you into this earth. So that you can have a meaningful existence in this temporal life. So that your life here on the earth has impact for eternity. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So your purpose is your appointment and assignment from God. And every believer is born again with purpose. Can you say amen? How many of you are born again? It means you have purpose. You see, God is not only the creator of life. God is not only the creator of mankind. God is also the creator and giver of purpose. And if you as a Christian feel like you have no purpose in life, it means that you have to develop a relationship with God beyond church. You have to be introduced to God who is not only your Savior, but also your Purpose Giver. Hallelujah. See, when Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he did not only meet the healer, the Savior, but he also met the Purpose Giver. Because at that very moment, Jesus said, I have called you to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. See, the tragedy is that today many believers come to church only to receive healing, to receive blessing, to receive a temporary relief from crisis and pain, but they are not interested in coming to God to discover their purpose in life. You know why? Because purpose includes Obedience, sacrifice, commitment, which I've seen many Christians nowadays don't want to give. So that's a tragedy. Many rarely seek Jesus for purpose. And that's why we end up singing songs like, I have decided. To follow my candidate. (laughs) What is that? It's a pure sign of Christians in Nagaland who do not know their purpose. They do not know the purpose of what songs they are singing. Why they are going to church. Why they have Bibles in their homes. Why they are saved by God. Why God sent missionaries 150 years ago to this land. They don't even know the purpose. The way we conduct elections is a sign that we are a purposeless society. Anyone with money, promises, and any allurement can drive us away from truth, from sanity. And from what God has designed us for as a people. Psalm 139 verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. There is a book in heaven. where your purpose is written. That's what the scripture is saying. David has this revelation that there is a book that God has. And in that book, your days have been written. Unfortunately, you cannot buy this book on Amazon. You cannot buy this book in any university of the world. Harvard, Oxford, they do not have this book. And that's why for many Christians, this book is unopened for them. They do not know. They wonder. Even the prayers are like shooting in the dark. The littlest of crises will cause them to fall and stop coming to God and church. The littlest of questions they have that they cannot understand It causes them to walk away from God. Why? Because this book is unopened to you unless you come to the Lord. And only God can open this book to you. Look at Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Every Christian is called. Every Christian is predestined according to the purpose of God. Let me tell you this. A Christian who fulfills God's purpose in his life is a greater miracle than somebody who just gets healed and yet never follows God. Somebody who gets delivered and yet only pursues his selfish desires. Somebody who asks God for a job and God blesses them. And they use their job for their own selfish means. Even though there may be miracles, the greatest miracle is a Christian who finishes God's purpose in his life. That impresses me more nowadays than even miracles. See, Jesus performed miracles to prove to the people that he is sent by the Father with the purpose to die and redeem mankind from their sins. The miracles were not an end in themselves. The signs and wonders which it did was not the purpose of his ministry. It was just to prove, to be the evidence In your life, as you follow God's purpose, there will be times where there will be miracles God will do for you. Favor that you will experience. Tremendous blessings that come. And yet, at the same time, going through pain and crisis, through which God gives you the strength to overcome and triumph. And in the midst of all that happens in your life, you will see facets of God's grace, the enemy attacking, miracle. Science, wonders, and so on. But all of that happens as you pursue God's purpose for your life. Don't just seek miracles for the sake of miracles. That's very immature. And yet charismatics and revivalists can be sometimes more miracle-focused than purpose-focused. Miracles are a part of a journey of fulfilling God's purpose in our life. Can you say amen? As a church this year, we are believing to go higher. A year of exceeding glory. So, come prepared to worship longer. Stay longer. Go deeper. If you just want a cute little Sunday service, then many times you will feel uncomfortable in this place. Because the things that any enemy has planned for the church, the things that Satan has planned for your life, You cannot overcome them with a cute Sunday service full of special numbers. When the enemy is putting devil worship right in front of your TV through Hollywood, through rap song and is constantly bombarding you With his lies, his deception, and his darkness. As Christians, we have to go deeper. Deeper into God. Deeper in commitment. Deeper in faith. Hallelujah. What does it mean to live a life of purpose? Turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. These are times when you have to be spending most of your time on your knees. The things that are coming upon the world, I tell you, you do not know. Yes, on one hand, we know a year of exceeding glory. Yes, God's grace and spirit moving through the church. Yes. But all of those things come only through times of great trials and darkness. These are times we have to be spending most of our time on our needs. The pain, the tribulation, the difficulty that will come upon the nations. I want you to be aware of it, prepared for it. It's not times to be afraid, but there are times to prepare ourselves. John chapter one, verse 19. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What did you say about yourself? Verse 23. He said, I am. The voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. What does it mean to live a life of purpose? We can see here in the life of John the Baptist. You will have to ask yourself the question first. Who am I? Or rather, who am I not? Why am I here for? What is my God-given purpose? You can see everything here in this short engagement between John the Baptist and the rulers. Who am I? Who are you? That's why the Satan wants to confuse so many young people today of their gender. If you don't know who you are, you will never find out your purpose. To confuse you, to make you think you are not a woman when you are, you are not a man when you are born as a man. What's that? That's the ploy of Satan. And you see that happening through government, liberal media. What do you think that is? That is Satan preaching to you. Don't ever fall for his doctrines. See, Purpose begins with identity. Write it down. Purpose begins with identity. John the Baptist knew who he was not. And because he knew who he was not, he was not confused. He was not insecure. He knew exactly why he was sent. Are you the Christ? I am not. Are you Elijah? I am not. Do you know that it takes as much confidence to say I am not, just to say also I am? Amen. I am not Korean. (laughs) I am Naga. And as a Naga, I have a purpose on this earth. And I don't want to be anything else except what God made me to be. Amen. You need to know who you are not. Amen. John the Baptist says, I am, I am. When you know who you are in God, you will find your purpose there. When you know that you are redeemed from sin, when you are saved, When you are forgiven of your sins and you have become born again, purpose begins there. How many of you know you're born again? Can I see your hands? That's the beginning of purpose. When you know that you are a son of God, that you are a king and a priest in the kingdom, the Bible says that. When you know that you are a saint in Christ, you have the authority to use the name of Jesus, Then now it means you must lead a life of purpose. A life of purpose. Princes are born in the palaces of kings. From the moment they are born, they have purpose. From the moment they are born, they are groomed and shaped to rule the nation. Years, they are groomed and shaped. Every step that they take is taught. Every word they speak is taught. Every dress they wear is taught. Because they are groomed with a purpose in mind. One day they will be the king. It takes years. So when you are born again into the kingdom of God, you have been born with the purpose to rule and reign on the earth as ambassadors of Christ. So there's a purpose to you being renewed in your mind through Bible study. There's a purpose in prayer. There's a purpose in coming to church. There's a purpose in going to fellowship. There's a purpose in coming to Amplify today at 1 p.m. How many singles are here? Can I see your hands? Come on, come on, don't hide, don't hide your faces. I want to see you there. I'm looking at you. Come on, lift up your hands. There's a purpose in coming to the Amplify. See, there's a purpose. Because every single thing that God will put into you, teach you, shape you, is so that you represent Christ here on the earth. Amen. Your purpose goes beyond becoming a member of a church. Calling yourself a Christian. That's not even in the Bible. Your purpose in life is not to be a Christian. Please throw that out of your mind from today. Your purpose in life is to be an ambassador of Christ. To rule and reign on the earth, representing Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Number two, write it down. Purpose will make you unshakable. I'm talking about what it means to live a life of purpose. Purpose will make you unshakable. John the Baptist had no confusion in his heart and his mind. He was not intimidated by the threats of the rulers when they said, "Who are you? Do say say." That's the way threats come. John the Baptist was not afraid. He was not intimidated. Why? Because he knew exactly who he was and what his assignment was and what his ability is. When you know your purpose in life, it will make you unshakable. And people come and say, "I took minister. So what?" They have a different purpose. I have a different purpose. It makes me no lesser than them. When you know your purpose, you will sit in the midst of ministers without having inferiority complex. Why is it that when we sit with people in the office, suddenly we we start calling everyone Sir, Sir, Sir? They are Sir in the office, but they are not Sir in the wedding. I'm telling you the truth. Learn how to address people properly. Because in Nagaland, we are so purposeless, we give undue honour. When it is not necessary. When you're meeting officers here in this church, they are not sir. Don't call them sir. Call them brother. I'm telling you the truth. They are sir only in the office. Treat them as normal human beings. Now, if they don't like it, that's the problem. Amen. When they're in the office, honor them and respect them. Hallelujah. You have to know your purpose who you are. You have to know who they are also. Somebody who has more wealth than you does not make you lesser than them. But why do we feel inferior? Why do we feel like we are smaller compared to them? It's because you don't know your purpose. Why do we become flabbergasted when we are with white people? We think all white people are superior to us. Why? Who said so? Come on, Nagas. Know your purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, purpose is greater than your personal fulfillment. I think I'm not going to finish my message today, but it's alright. Personal fulfillment. Sometimes we're always looking for happiness and comfort and career. And we pursue that more than pursuing our purpose in life. And when people threaten our career, when people threaten our happiness and our comfort, we get offended, we get threatened. See, John the Baptist was very popular. All the people flocked to him in the wilderness. But the moment he baptized Jesus, Jesus began to have more disciples than John the Baptist. And one of John the Baptist's disciples said, See, everyone is going to him. You know what John the Baptist said? He must increase and I must decrease. You know why? He understood his purpose. It's greater than his own personal fame, happiness, comfort. He can sacrifice that because there's a greater purpose in somebody else's life. Number four, purpose is greater than any crisis. Any crisis, pain or challenge you will ever face in your life. John the Baptist was willing to be persecuted. He was willing to be imprisoned by Herod. He was willing to be beheaded. Why? Because of purpose. Paul was persecuted. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. Why? Because of purpose. He kept on obeying God and preaching the gospel. And he always triumphed. No matter what he went through, he always tried him. Why? Because he was just looking to fulfill God's purpose in life. And he never made his pain greater than his purpose. It's greater than your pain, your offense, and your hurt. So many people. They understand what God's purpose from their life. But they get hurt by someone. They get offended at something. And they are driven away. They are seduced by the enemy from God's purpose in their life. Because they have made their pain greater than God's purpose. There are those who worship themselves. When you make your pain greater than God's purpose, you have idolized your pain. Do you know that some people worship the pain? They are all the time talking about how badly they have been hurt. They are all the time talking about how they have been betrayed. And they keep on talking about it, talking about it as if that is something so big. And everyone must give them attention. And they can't let go. They can't forgive. They want attention because of the betrayal they have gone through. You are worshipping your pain as an idol. face all these things as Christians. Overcome, forgive, let go. Keep walking with God. Amen. The next point. Purpose is not just limited to you for your benefit and blessing. It's not just for your personal life. It goes far beyond that. It is about becoming the person God designed you to be In Ephesians 2 verse 10, the Bible says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Your purpose includes the good works that God has designed for you from before the foundations of the world. Your purpose is connected to your gender, your family, your tribe that you're born in, the state that you're born in, the nation that you're born in, the generation that you are a part of, the millennium generation here, 21st century generation. Well, that's your purpose. It's here. It's not during Shakespeare's time. Amen. And even the church that you are a part of, your purpose is connected to that. See, I always see our church as part of God's purpose for Nagaland. God's purpose for the gospel to God from Nagaland to the nations. So I don't see ourselves only Oh, we're doing better than other churches. We're doing more. I don't see myself that way. I see myself as part of God's call for the Nagas. And we are contributing to that call. We are part of a bigger picture than just Faith Harvest Church. Amen. So when we do a media, and soon we'll be on TV, I always share the vision as why Why do you want to go on media? Why do you want to do all these websites? Why do you want to do it more? Because there's a call on Nagaland to take the gospel to the nation. It's not about me. It's not about my name. It's not about Kiko. No, it's nothing about that. The gospel must go from here to the nations. But the gospel cannot go from a faceless face. A nameless face. <laughs> right? There is a face of a messenger. It's not about fame. It's not about greater glory. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's about the gospel going from here to the nations. And if a face can be added to it, fine. Not the best looking face. (laughs) If you have a better looking face, come and join us. Amen. Hallelujah. Purpose is ultimately about God alone. What does it mean to live a life of purpose? Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, Whom I have created for my glory. Every one of us are created for the glory of God. Can you say amen? Not your father mother's glory. Your father's mother glory may not go beyond ESE. Government job, that's it. Ah, happy, satisfied. No. You're created for the glory of God. Glory of God. Amen. And doing God's will will bring more glory to God than doing your father and mother's will, which may not be according to the will of God. Amen. Sometimes I see young people and I can gauge their capacity. That's a gift God has given to me as an apostolic leader. I can gauge the capacity, the gift that people carry. I'm not saying it's 100% all the time, but I have a sensing. And many times I have a sensing whether that person has the ability to do well in the government, whether they can crack the exams. And many of the young people I meet, I, I know they will never make it. They don't have that grace on their life. And yet they are stuck into this system in Nagaland. Where unless you are in a government, you have no value. So everyone wants their children to be in the government. Purposeless society. Are you with me today? Amen. Whatever we do, we are to do to the glory of God. Whether we eat or we drink, how we live, how we dress, it is to the glory of God. That's ultimately our purpose for life. So you ask yourself, not only for grand projects and vision, but every day, the way you dress, does it bring glory to God? The way you talk, does it bring glory to God? The jokes that you all joke with your friends in the hostel. Joking about people's body parts. Joking non-vegetarian jokes. Things like that. Is it to the glory of God? Your behavior. See, if you have this vision, whatever I do to the glory of God, it will help you make so many decisions in a day with the wisdom of God. You don't have to be questioning, oh, pastor, is this right for me to do? Is this not right for me to do? Sending a text, pastor, is it right for me to take three plates of rice in a wedding? (laughs) See, just live with his mind. Whatever I do, I have to bring glory to the Lord. Can you say Amen? See if God created us, and it is in relationship with Him that we discover our purpose. You know what it means? It means that you cannot even begin walking in your purpose, knowing God's purpose, if you don't see God. All right. So the third, pers- the third point I'm going to make, I mean, the third statement I'm making, the first was, um, everybody has purpose. The second is, what does it mean to live a life of purpose? And I gave you six points there. And the third is this. The key to living a life of purpose is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The key, this is critical, this is vital. To living a life of purpose is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. After a moment, we're going to start praying. And the prayer part is very important at the end of every message. Because when you engage with the word, act on the word and begin to pray, that can even be the time when God will unlock certain aspects of His book for your life. Okay? First Corinthians chapter two, verse seven. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Many times you will find the wisdom of God is hidden. Like in a mystery. Jesus spoke in parables. Why? So that the things of the kingdom of God will be hidden from those who are prideful and arrogant and be revealed to those who have hearts of children. So the parables were spoken not to expose the truth but to hide the truth so that those who are humble would receive that's the way god operates god wants to give his truths because truth is powerful truth will propel you into a different living so the wisdom of god is hidden in a mystery mystery sometimes even you read verses in the bible and even though they may be plain as in English, yet it is not yet revealed to you. You don't understand what it means. We speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, the hidden wisdom. God hides it not from us because He's against us. No, He hides it for us. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings. We are kings in Christ. Can you say amen? To seek out the matter, to search. Our job is to search. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. See, God has hidden it for our glory. For us. And if you want to walk in more glory in your life, I tell you, you have to seek the hidden things of God. Verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you know that Satan did not know the wisdom of God in crucifying Jesus on the cross? Do you know that Satan had no idea that putting Jesus on the cross was going to destroy him? He had no sense at all. It was a hidden wisdom. That and the death of his son would be the death of death and sin. The wisdom of God is often hidden in what seems foolishness to the world. A man dying on a cross, can he really redeem mankind from the power of sin? It's foolishness to the Greeks. Foolishness to the Jews. It was foolishness to Satan. But therein is the power of God. Because it's always four or five steps ahead of Satan. If you and I will live in the wisdom of God, and you and I will seek the wisdom of God, and we will obey the wisdom of God, I tell you, you will always be steps ahead of Satan. Satan. You cannot overcome Satan with your brilliance, with your beauty, with your money. In these last days, our only weapon is the wisdom of God. It comes through the Spirit of God. Can you say Amen? For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they crucified Jesus thinking, wow, we have killed the Son of God. And then suddenly on the third day, bam. Amen. So as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So God has prepared things for you in this purpose. Can you say amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has prepared things for you. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. That means you can know these things God has prepared for you. Sometimes preachers will say, Oh, we never know what God has prepared for us. Yes, in a sense, we don't know because you cannot go to a university on the earth. You can't go to Harvard and find out what God has prepared for you. This wisdom is not found in any university on the earth. This wisdom is found in the spirit. But, verse 10, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God, the things of God, except the Spirit of God. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that your purpose is a wisdom that comes from God? I'm not talking about the general purposes which we can find in scriptures. To worship God, to disciple, to evangelize, to serve, right? To love one another. We see that in scripture. And you can know the five general purposes that Rick Warren wrote in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. You can know that and still be in the dark. And not know what God's purpose is for you. So there are different layers to understanding God's purpose for our lives. There must be more wisdom, more revelation added as we walk with God. Can you say Amen? See, for many of you, God's purpose for your life is a mystery. Yes or no? And you cannot know it unless God reveals it to you. And the only one who has the license to reveal that to you is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Who is in you. Who lives in you. Who has been sent by God to be your helper. To help you discover God's purpose for your life. Can you say amen? the Holy Spirit knows all the things of God. He knows the mind of God. He's sent to be your helper so that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Everything that is in God's mind about you and for you is with the Holy Spirit. And that is why you need to pursue intimacy with Him. When I came back from Singapore, 1997, for a period of three months, I was seeking God, just intimacy with God. I was spending time in the Word, just spending time in the Word, reading and reading and reading. How many of you want to be close with God? Can I see your hands? Okay, go read your Bible from today, every day, for a lot of time. When you read your Bible, you are proving to God your sincerity to be close to Him. Many people say, I want to be close to God. But they don't read the Bible. They're only talking emotions. Oh, I want to be close with God. What they're saying is they want to feel some emotion. Oh, some magical feeling. They just want to feel like that. And you know what? God is not impressed with that. Because you are not sincere. You will be as close to God as you are as close to the Bible. Abiding in God is abiding in the Bible. Can you say amen? So I was reading the Bible, just reading the Bible, reading the Bible, and just praying and praying for about a period of three months. And guess what happened? A mystery was revealed to me. It was like a kiss in my heart. Oh, like a light was put on. And that light was this. I'm called to preach the gospel. I did not know. I was gloriously saved. I was touched powerfully by the Holy Spirit. I was speaking in tongues, but I did not know. And when that kiss came into my heart, this, because the Holy Spirit is here, and that light illuminated here, let me tell you this. Nothing else made sense to me. Doctor? No. Engineer? No. Businessman? No. Politician? No. Nothing else made sense to me, for me. For you, it could be doctor. But for me, nothing else made sense to me. Everything else paled in comparison because that mystery was unlocked for me at that moment. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the secrets of your life which God has ordained for your advancement is hidden in the Holy Spirit? You will not find it in books, in libraries. But there's a book in heaven. Can you say there's a book in heaven? Even Satan does not know it. All his demons and all his angelic hosts do not know this book. What is written there? What is written there? Don't go looking for palm readers, priests. I've met some palm readers and priests who told me where I was born. They told me how many brothers I had. They told me about the school I studied in. And for a moment, I was, wow, amazed. How did they know such things? But let me tell you this. Those things are not things of God. Those are things of the earth. And even... Unbelievers, people of other faith, yielding to evil spirits, can have those information. And can impress the Naga so much. That we do not know the difference between a prophet and a soothsayer. We do not know the difference between a prophet and a witchcraft practitioner. A witchcraft practitioner will be able to tell you about the natural things of your life. But they can never tell you what is hidden In God's book for your life. Don't get fooled. By people who seem to have some. Supernatural gift. Interpreting horoscopes for you. Psychics. Can you say Amen? Only the Holy Spirit has this blueprint of your life. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says that Paul and Barnabas and some prophets and some leaders in the church at Antioch, they were praying and fasting. And as the minister to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, everyone said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit can speak. Paul and Silas and the others, they were speaking to God. Lord, I praise you. I bless you. They were ministering to the Lord, means they were serving the Lord. Oh, How do I serve the Lord in the spirit? You, bro you are ministering to God. When you say, Lord, I bless you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I exalt you. That's ministering to God. When you come to church and I tell you, come on, everyone lift up your hands and praise him. You don't want to do it. You're not used to it. Why I'm telling you to do that is because that is ministering to the Lord. Yes, we minister to the Lord as ushers and everything else. But in the time of worship, giving thanks to the Lord is ministering to the Lord. So what were they doing? They were talking to God. Lord, you are great. You are wonderful. You are awesome. Come on, everyone. Lift up your hands for a minute. Everyone. Come on, lift up your hands. And just give him thanks right now. Come on, give him thanks. Come on, say, Lord, I thank you. Come on, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I magnify you. Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, you are great. Lord, you are awesome. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. That is ministering to the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work to which I have called them. Ah, wait a minute. When Paul fell on the road to Damascus, there was another prophet Ananias that came and told him, you are called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul already knew. God's purpose for his life. But he did not have the whole strategy. He did not have the timing. And so he was just waiting. So as they pursued intimacy with God, do you know that sometimes that's the only thing you can do? You cannot hurry the process. You cannot make God do what you want Him to do. You can only show Him your sincerity. Your sincerity in pursuing Him with prayer and with the Word and seeking Him and praying and fasting and pursuing closeness with Him. Sometimes that's all God, God wants to see. And in the right time, He will speak. He will reveal. He will say something that if you will obey, it will propel you into another life. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. What was formerly a mystery to Paul was now revealed in the presence of the Holy Spirit. What was in the mind of God for Paul was revealed by the Holy Spirit when they were pursuing intimacy. What was hidden and closed in the book of God for Paul was suddenly opened in the time of intimacy and when that book was opened i tell you it released a grace into paul's life it released a power into paul's life that caused him to be a different person living a different life from that moment onwards he never went back to his former life you know why because that book is filled with god's power for you the wisdom is filled with god's power for your life your business, the breakthrough you're looking for is in the book of God for your life. I'm going to use this example, and you all know this is from my heart. You all know Pastor Kohini, you know Pastor Magdalene. They were in church as brother and sisters. For so many years. Calling each other brother Magdalene. Or brother brother Corney, sister Magdalene. Sitting in the same row worshipping God. They did not know. It was not open to them that they were going to be husband and wife. It was an unopened book. Until when they were praying, it was opened for them. That for all these years. That sister you were serving God together in the usher with, that brother that you were preaching together with serving God, was your future spouse. But the moment it is opened and that revelation comes, bam, it propels your life to a different level. Your business needs that. Your marriage needs that. Where does it come from? From the Holy Spirit. From the Holy Spirit. It's not just doing religious things. It's not just about trying very hard. You need that key that opens up God's purpose from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. with all your wisdom and intelligence you do not have access to the book of God's purpose for your life. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. No one And you have to depend on Him every way. Moses knew that he was called to be a deliverer of Israel, but he tried to do it in his own arrogance and pride, and he fell. He ran away, and being in the wilderness for 40 years, humbled him till the time came from God. He knew God's will. He did not know God's timing. Many people who seek after prophecies and words, they miss God's timing. timing of God. There's a strategy of God. That means you have to keep on dependent on the Holy Spirit every day of your life. When God told me I'm called to be in the, in the ministry my immediate thought was okay I'm going to go to this Bible school. The person suggested this Bible to this Bible school. So what is the strategy? Not only the purpose but there is a strategy. So I sought God. And the strategy was to go to Ramah which the majority of theologians looked down upon, criticized and condemned. But that was God's strategy for my life. In what seemed like foolishness to the Christian world, to go to a Bible school without any accreditation, without any degrees, Yet, that was God's wisdom for my life. And I tell you, God's wisdom for your life is always greater than man's wisdom. And Satan cannot stop you if you walk in God's wisdom. You walk in man's wisdom, he can derail you from God's purpose. Man's wisdom has no power against Satan. But Satan has nothing against God's wisdom. So today... The things that God is doing through my life, not for my pride, is greater. The things God is doing through doctorates, double doctorates, MTHs. It's the wisdom of God. See, it was revealed by the Holy Spirit. When I was seeking intimacy, when I was in Bible school, All my friends were talking about ministry, joining that ministry. And I sought God and I sought the Holy Spirit. What is the key? And I pursued intimacy. And as I pursued God in prayer, the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart, Go back home. Go back home. It seemed like such a weak thing to do. It seemed like it was so, not even masculine. Go back home for what? People are joining Ben-Hin ministry. People are joining this big church. People are joining this meta church. And I'm going back home. Back to Nagaland. But that was God's wisdom. The rulers of this age do not know the wisdom and what the power of God is hidden in that wisdom. For had they known it, they would have stopped me from coming here. Many of my friends are still in Tulsa. Not doing anything. But the wisdom of God. To go back home to a place where there is no ministry as such. And to build this. See, you need the Holy Spirit. beyond the five eternal purposes worship discipleship preaching the gospel and all that that's just surface level to go deeper you have to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit because He will show you the strategy the steps what you need to be doing in this time and season in your life the decisions what you need to be reading He will show you and when you obey that I tell you it will open door after door after door for you to fulfill your destiny Intimacy. And the way that you pursue intimacy with the Holy Spirit is very simple. Begin to talk to Him as to a person. Do you know that God is a person? That means you can talk to Him. You can talk to Him. You don't have to wait for Sunday to talk to Him. You can talk to Him every moment, every place, every time. Begin to develop certain phrases that you always talk to God with. One phrase that I always use is this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Almost every five minutes, I'm always saying that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For my heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm just talking to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me today. Those those are phrases I constantly repeat to God. Why? I'm building relationship. You cannot have relationship unless you talk. I'm just talking to the Lord. The whole day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And talk in English or your own language. Don't talk all the time in tongues. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What's happening? Intimacy is being built. See, every time you say thank you, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not reply immediately and say thank you also. No, he's not not going to say that. God doesn't speak a lot. But when you need it, bang, it will come. He will whisper at the right time. And what he says, it's a lot. Because when he says something, it will even take years to unpack it. The impact of that will be for years. But what you are doing when you are constantly saying, Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're always in me. You are showing your sincerity to God. Your sincerity to pursue a relationship. That's where it begins. That's the very basic place. Keep on doing that and keep on doing that and I tell you, you will begin to sense at times sudden songs put in your heart. Sudden verses come to your heart. That's the Holy Spirit whispering. Pay attention to that. Sing those songs. Quote those scriptures. And as you keep on doing it, I tell you, the conversations will come. But it is in the intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. These things are revealed to us by the Spirit of God. And when I say the by the Spirit of God, sometimes God can use his people to prophesy these things. But even though prophecies may come, yet you have a responsibility to go back in the place of prayer and seek the Holy Spirit about it. If you seek men and women of God to prophesy over you and you don't seek the Holy Spirit in prayer, it's a very dangerous thing. I've seen so many. Ministers, not even believers, ministers get shipwrecked in their life because they did not know how to interpret a prophecy they received, a dream they received. They got overexcited about it. They did not know how to respond to it. And they made wrong decisions. The Holy Spirit has the key. Hallelujah.
1: Talk to Him. Come, let's all stand to our feet. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. that you, always having all sufficiency, all things may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.